if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on AM 1420. The answer. It is a free for all. When I almost started, I tell you what, this is what happens when you get three, uh, three or uh, three days off in four. You kind of forget what day it is. I almost called it a free for all Friday on my Monday morning, the eighth morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2019. Yes, it was a wonderful Independence Day weekend, a long weekend for most of us. And, uh, I really, really enjoyed mine with my family. And I certainly hope you did the exact same thing. Big program on the uh, docket today coming up in we'll call it 40 minutes exactly at uh, 948 congressman jim jordan will be joining us to talk about the most important uh, news on capitol hill right now a host of issues that we'll talk to uh, the congressman about then at 10 o'clock 10 10 uh, technically after the news and the open we're going to talk to pastor chris long about a local story that is right on the heels it uh, comes to us right on the heels of the um Alliance Defending Freedom campaign that we uh, we ran in um, uh, in June, and it, this is exactly what we were talking about. These are the kinds of cases. These are the kinds of governmental abuse that we have to prepare for and defend against in the interest of this ridiculous uh, political agenda of the LBGTQXYZ exclamation point hashtag community. The city of Medina is now considering a proposed LGBXYZ ordinance that would criminalize businesses, schools, and more for simply following traditional norms as it pertains to boys' teams and girls' teams, boys' showers and girls' showers, and yes, you know, calling people by what they are rather than what they tell you they feel like. Um, this is going to hit people, it's going to hit businesses, it's going to hit employees, it's going to hit employers, and it's going to be a problem. And I can already tell you that Alliance Defending Freedom is going to probably be called upon to save the day once again. This is why we talked about it. We Literally, during the campaign, and I won't go too deep on this right now, but during the campaign that we uh, waged uh, last uh, last month for Alliance Defending Freedom, the fundraising campaign that I asked you to be a part of, and you did so wonderfully uh, in doing and donating to these people, I always said to you, here's the story of Jack Phillips out in Colorado. Here's the story of Bar- Bar- Baron Stutzman up in Washington. Here's the story of this person. And, and I, what did I always say to you? I said, you never know when they're coming for you. 
You never know when they're coming close to home. When are they coming for a place you work for, forcing you to do certain things a certain way, no matter if it violates your religious beliefs or not, forcing your employers, forcing your schools, forcing your, uh, you know, whatever, whatever body it is that they're targeting. You never know when they're coming for you. And sure enough, here we are, literally just seven, uh, now eight days into the month of July, and they have come for, uh, the people in Medina, workers in Medina, employees and employers in Medina. So, Pastor Chris Long will be joining me to discuss this um, uh, horrific uh, proposal, this this potential legislation in the city of Medina with all kinds of very important information, uh, very important information to share with you. So uh, so Jim Jordan and Chris Long today will be the guests at 948 and 1010, respectively. Now, uh, phone lines will be open to you whenever you are ready at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. You can also hit me up on social media at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Parler.com. Parler is P-A-R-L-E-R. Uh, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, and we will put you up and on the air. Big story to start the day, and there are many of them. This is one of them. The deportations are about to begin. And this is exactly what the American people want. So I've got kind of a, a kind of an ancillary story. The the majority of Americans want the Trump administration to do exactly what they said they were going to to do. And that is get rid of illegal aliens who are in this country making a mockery of our sovereignty and our laws. Majority of Americans want mass de- mass deportation if Congress fails to reach a deal this week that closes loopholes in the country's asylum system and allows mass flows of foreign nationals to continue to pour through the U.S.-Mexico border. The latest Harvard-Harris poll finds that 51% of American voters say they support mass deportations of the 11 to 22 million illegal aliens living in the U.S. right now if Congress fails to reach a deal. More than 8 in 10 Republicans, as well as more than 5 in 10 swing voters, said President Trump should carry out the mass deportations of illegal aliens. Nearly 9 in 10 Trump supporters said the same. Working and middle-class Americans, just to kind of let you know how this breaks down, working and middle-class Americans, those earning $75,000 a year or less, uh, support mass deportations of illegal aliens if Congress does not act by a majority of 53%. A majority of Americans who are aged 35 to 49 also support mass deportations following inaction from Congress. Democrats... And voters who supported Hillary Clinton back in 2016 are the least likely demographic group to support mass deportations. This poll comes as uh, the president delayed a nationwide plan to mass deport thousands of illegal aliens who have uh, final orders for removal. Former Acting Immigration and Customs uh, Enforcement Director, uh, that's ICE, Tom Homan, uh, accused Acting Director of Homeland Security, Kevin McAleenan, of leaking the plans to mass deport legal, illegal aliens to halt the operation. The president at the time said he would give Congress two weeks to strike a deal to close the loopholes in the asylum system. The two-week mark comes this week. And Congress has yet to announce a plan that would pass both the Democrat-controlled House and the Republican-controlled Senate. So the American people say, get them out by majority. Which brings me to the second part of the story, and perhaps the bigger part of the story. Major announcement by the Trump administration. Ken Cuccinelli is the acting director of the Citizens and Immigration, or excuse me, yeah, of the Citizens and Immigration Services Department for the administration. And he was on Face the Nation, CBS, yesterday. 
uh, talking about Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE, and final removal orders for approximately one million illegal immigrants living in the U.S. illegally. Uh, now, that's obviously a small drop in a big bucket, one million, when you have 11 to 22 million illegals actually living here, but it would send a massive, massive statement to others who are considering flooding that border. That when we find you, we will get rid of you. Here's Ken Cuccinelli on CBS's Face the Nation. The weeks, this has not happened. So what is the administration going to do? Well, essentially at this point, it's been put in Matt Albans' hand, the acting director at ICE. He's a career ICE officer, came up through the ranks, and they're ready to just perform their mission, which is to go and uh, find and, uh, and detain and then deport the approximately one million people who have final removal orders. They've been all the way through the due process um, and have final removal orders. Who among those will be targeted for this particular uh, effort or, or not is really just information kept within ICE at this point. So there had been reports that this would be just in the thousands. You're saying the roundups will be far larger scale. No, no, I'm just pointing out that the pool of those with final removal orders is enormous. And um, it, you know, it's it's important to note, here we are talking about ICE doing its job as if it's special. And really, this should be going on on a rolling basis for ICE, and they've been interfered with effectively um, and held up by the politics of Washington uh, to a certain extent. And well, the th- they're looking forward to just getting back to doing their job. So Congress hasn't changed asylum laws. They have not touched it. Do you expect anything? You know, I... All right. So that was from CBS's Face the Nation yesterday, and I would add on to uh, the end of that when uh, when uh, Mr. Cuccinelli said that ICE doing its job um, has been interrupted. It has been held up by several politicians, he said, in Washington. I would add, also interrupted by many at the state and local levels. By way of sanctuary cities and sanctuary city designations, even if they're not designated sanctuary city practices, put into practice. That's what the real problem here is. Because what Ken Cuccinelli said there toward the end of those remarks on Face the Nation yesterday was very important. He said, you know, people act like this is a, a big deal, this is special, that ICE is going to deport people who have final orders of deportation. That's their job. They should be able to do it all the time. And he's right. When he said that the pool of illegal aliens here that have already been given final orders of deportation, he's talking about over a million people, that should just be now status quo. ICE, go find them and deport them. That's it. But instead, we can't do that because, as he said, of the opposition of liberal politicians in D.C. and politicians, liberal politicians in, at state and um, uh, in state and local uh, um, authorities who simply refuse to cooperate and tell ICE where they are. Who refuse to cooperate? They won't even allow law enforcement to, I don't know, enforce the law by way of their policies. And so now that it's, you know, the president announces a big sweep here, or not the president, but, you know, McAleen and Holman and, and Cuccinelli and the president, everybody's all talking about this big sweep to get, you know, a uh, you know, million illegal aliens who have final orders of deportation, get them out of the country. People are like, all right, yay. And, and it shouldn't come to that. It shouldn't be a party. It shouldn't be a, an event. It shouldn't be something special. This is just the way it should be all the time. If there's a pool of a million illegals with final deportation orders, first of all, why is it only a million? 
It should be, obviously, I don't know, 11 to 22 million, hence the name illegal aliens. But, um, but if there is a pool of people that large, then they should be being deported as we go, step by step, day by day. On a regular rolling basis, it should not be a special event where we're going to start this sweep now and it'll end on you know August first, just to you know to designate a time. Uh, it shouldn't be that. It should be this is just the way that it is done. But Cuccinelli explained uh, that you know the deportation of illegals by ICE has been interfered with his his direct words interfered with effectively and held up by the politics of Washington. I would add. Uh, by the politics of local and state officials as well. So really, really big deal here. And meanwhile, oh, by the way, just to kind of add this on, we're still kind of trying to process and make sense of the number of liberal Democrat uh, candidates in the cesspool for the Democrat nomination who are calling for a decriminalization of unauthorized entry into the United States. In other words, calling for open borders. And guess who's lambasting them? Trump? Administration officials, yes. But the surprise for you might be Obama-era immigration officials also blasting the notion that the borders should be opened and that uh, uh, decriminalization of illegal entry into the United States should be the way to go. I'll share that part of the story with you. And again, get you onto the radio. Get you Pick your spots. We have time until 948 for you to get on, 216-901-0945. And after Chris Long, who joins us 1010 to about 1030, uh, so we'll have uh, time before and after those guests. So get, in, get on board, 216-901-0945. Right back with you after this on AIM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. All right, 924, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420. The answer, real quick, um, Michael Medved uh, just did that... uh, um, that um, that news minute and it was uh very interesting commentary uh from michael and he talked about colin kaepernick and of course the uproar over which we i i uproared over as well over the um nike shoe campaign that he nixed uh because of the presence of the betsy ross flag uh i want to tell you this story just real briefly and then i'll go to your phone calls um, there's a there's a restaurant in Virginia that felt the same way Michael Medved did, which was upset. Felt the same way I did. Felt the same way that most patriotic Americans did about Colin Kaepernick um, trying to disparage the uh, Betsy Ross flag, which flew over the heads of our soldiers as they fought for liberty from the British crown and a future that all of us are enjoying right now. Um, they felt the same way. And they expressed it by taking a Colin Kaepernick jersey and taping it to the floor at the front of their restaurant. Essentially, it's a Kaepernick doormat. And people would come in and wipe their feet and stomp their feet on the jersey, and it was just all kind of awesome expression of uh, of support for freedom and support for liberty. And in opposition to Colin Kaepernick, his, his anti-American stances, anti-flag, anti-anthem, well... They are now being hit with boycotts by liberals who didn't like it and who said that putting Colin Kaepernick's jersey on the ground was racist. I just don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't. I, I'm running out of 
I'm running out of ways to respond to these people who every time someone on the political left is condemned or criticized in some way, symbolically or the way, it's racist, you're a racist. As if anybody gives a rat's A what Colin Kaepernick is. And by the way, he's biracial. He's biracial and he was raised by white people. Okay, let's just point that out. But but it's racist if you tape down a, a stomping mat, a Kaepernick jersey as a doormat. It's racist, according to the left. And they're calling for boycotts now of the Crossroads Restaurant. That's the name of it. It's Crossroads Rock and Country Bar. It's in the Pleasant Valley Shopping Center of Virginia Beach. Now, why am I going to tell you about the location? Because I want you to know, well, at least the name, I want you to know, because here's what I propose. If they're going to boycott this business over their free speech... Uh, against Colin Kaepernick, then I think we need to do just the opposite and show support. Let's cash mob that place. Now you're saying, well, we live in Cleveland. How are we going to go down to Virginia Beach and cash mob? They've got a phone number. It's on their site. I posted it on my Facebook page before this show started. France Radio is my Facebook page. I say we find out if they have, like a lot of bars and restaurants do, they have T-shirts and caps and other kinds of merchandise uh, reflecting their uh, business name that you can buy. Or, even better yet, buy food from them. And I'd imagine that on delivery it would get cold from Virginia Beach to Cleveland, so I'm not talking about for you. I propose we cash mob the Crossroads Rock and Country Bar in uh, Virginia Beach by calling and ordering food and having it delivered to their local police departments down there. Feed the cops as a show of support against Colin Kaepernick, who hates the cops, hates them passionately, calls them pigs, calls them slave catchers. So how about we buy food? This way we, we feed cops and we support a local restaurant which is doing and saying the right things. That's my suggestion. I'll give you the phone number on the air later. Michael Goldstein, I'm told, is on the line with an update of some sort. Mr. Goldstein, I hear a lot of noise behind you. How are you, sir? Hi, Bob. Hey, well, uh, Michael, I'm not going to be able to hear you and have this conversation where you are right now. There's a loud speaker behind you or something? Yes, I'm listening to Pastor John Hagee speak to the Kupai Summit in the convention center in Washington, D.C. Aha. Uh-huh. Is, is there any chance of you stepping out of, the, out of the room there so that I can hear you and not him? Yes, I will. I will. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah because it's, yeah, they, they, we should, probably should have told you that before you came on. Um, because obviously I want to be able to hear, uh, hear what you had to say. Okay, Michael, I'm going to put you on hold, okay, because, we, yeah, we got we to move on here. I'm going to put you on hold. I'll take your call after the bottom of the hour news. Uh, Tanya in Akron, are you there, Tanya? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Bob. Hi, Tanya. Go right ahead. Yeah, I was I got up this morning. I heard the news that I think it's Austin. The mayor of Austin is also going to allow the homeless to sleep on the street. Uh, I'm like one more city that they're going to give takeaway rights from hardworking business owners and allow people just to sleep on the street. It's you know not just to have a sanctuary city. Is now it's just to let anyone who wants to not do anything you know there's the mental ill they didn't say anything about finding space for the mentally ill not finding extra beds you know how demoralizing is it to just allow people to sleep on the streets without doing anything 
Well, especially especially when you when you talk about the you know the the health factor for not just the people who are on the streets but but all of the people who come in contact with them because because of disease because they're not cleaning themselves because uh, so many of them are homeless because they're drug users uh, they may not be as you point out uh, necessarily in the right state of mind we don't know about their mental health so they could be dangerous uh, and to just allow this uh, on like you said on yet another city the way it is in San Francisco the way it is in L A the way it is in Seattle. I'm not surprised, by the way, that it's Austin uh, because of, uh, you know, the same type of politics, uh, you know, seems to, to, to govern the day there. Well, the, the governor is kind of upset about it. So we're going to see because we fight. We got a great governor in the state of Texas, see what he comes up, because, you know, this is not compassion. OK, if you want to do anything, we are supposed to first take care of our own fine relatives, fine churches that are going to step up and do something. And. My biggest thing is a lot of people may be homeless because they left California, they left New York, Connecticut to find a better opportunity, and now they're moving to Texas. And too many liberals are moving to Texas and taking over those states. Well, that's the, fun, that's the funny a, part about it is liberals are leaving the liberal state of California in large part because of liberal policies, including high, high, high liberal tax rates, uh, which is what they right. get in, in all of those places. They're leaving those states because they can't live there anymore and coming to other states and trying to do what? Institute the Either. same liberal policies that they just ran away from so they can so, destroy more whole, cities. My whole thing is maybe instead of, you know, we need to worry about the border, but maybe states should start saying, who they want to accept in. Do you agree with our policies and, and our principles and not let them into our state? Because we I love work that. hard to keep border security yeah border way. security by state lines not just international borders tanya i gotta run i gotta get to news but it's a great point i like it thanks so much for your phone call back after this Thirty-six. Now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. I'll go back to the phones here, but real quick, uh, the story I just told you, I've been had. All right, I haven't been had. It was a real story about the uh, restaurant in Virginia, but it was pointed out to me on Facebook after I posted that that story was from 2016, shortly after he started his uh, protest march or his protest kneeling, as it were. Uh, so, no, that restaurant's story is an old one. My apologies for that. I wish I had checked the date on it myself. But I'm hoping that in 2019 there will be other restaurants and businesses who make the same statement uh, about Colin Kaepernick and his unbelievable um, anti-Americanism. As a matter of fact, let me hit this real quick before I go to the phones and get back to Michael Goldstein. Um, this was this was so huge. This was this was beyond huge. This is this was amazing. Colin Kaepernick on the Fourth of July took to Facebook. Um, and posted a video. It was an anti-American, anti-slavery video. And you think, well, what does that mean? Well, it's okay to be anti-slavery, obviously. We all are anti-slavery and continue with the greatest stain in this country's great history. But it doesn't mean you have to be anti-American. And he tried to paint Frederick Douglass, the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass, who worked so hard to abolish slavery. Tried to paint him as being anti-American as well. By the way, Douglas was a Republican. It should be pointed out. 
And Douglas was extraordinarily and profoundly pro-American, not anti-American. Kaepernick tried to paint him anti-American as anti-American by posting a small portion of uh, of Fred Frederick Doug, uh, Doug, Douglas's comments uh, pertaining to Independence Day. And he said, uh, what he quoted was this: "What have I or those I represent to do with your national independence? This Fourth of July is yours, not mine." There is not a nation on the earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of these United States at this very hour. End quote. Frederick Douglass. And it makes it look as though Douglass does not like the United States. Douglass is anti-American. It took Senator Ted Cruz to expose Kaepernick for the hack that he is, trying to cherry-pick a comment absent context completely absent context to make it look as though he was quoting another uh, uh, great uh, uh, American who is being anti-American because he is uh, because of he was obviously anti-slavery Ted Cruz sent the following to Colin Kaepernick you quote a mighty and historic speech by the great abolitionist Frederick Douglass but without context many modern readers will misunderstand Two critical points. One, this speech was given in 1852, before the Civil War, when the abomination of slavery still existed. Thanks to Douglas and so many other heroes, we ended that grotesque evil and have made enormous strides protecting the civil rights of everyone. Douglas was not anti-American. He was rightly and passionately anti-slavery, indeed. He, clu- he concluded the speech you referenced as follows. Allow me to say in conclusion, notwithstanding the dark picture I have this day presented of the state of the nation, I do not despair of this country. There are forces in operation which must inevitably work the downfall of slavery. The arm of the Lord is not shortened, and the doom of slavery is certain. I therefore leave off where I began with hope, while drawing encouragement from the Declaration of Independence, the great principles it contains, and the genius of American institutions. My spirit is also cheered by the obvious tendencies of the age. The entire speech would reveal Frederick Douglass's message is 100% pro-positive, or excuse me, pro-positive, pro-American and positive, not negative because of the line that Kaepernick cherry-picked to make it look as though Frederick Douglass, because of slavery, did not support this great country. Ted Cruz destroyed Liberal Colin Kaepernick, as we all should. All right, now let me see if I can hear Michael this time. Michael Goldstein uh, is uh, a good friend of this program, obviously. He is the Ohio uh, Chair of the Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, or Ohio Director of Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. He's calling us from D.C. Michael, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you fine, Bob, and I found a quiet room. Beautiful. I hear you better now as well. Thank you. So go right ahead, my friend. I'm sure. Well, it was exciting because I'm here, um, Deb and I are here at the Christians United for Israel Kufi uh, Summit. About 5,000 people, Christians mostly, from across the nations here. And in the uh, hall today, Pastor John Hagee was giving his uh, initial address. If you've ever heard him, he's you know a wonderful speaker. And um, we were expecting demonstrators, and we got them. They got into the, the hall. Uh, and about three times they started to do something, and um, everyone in the hall, about 2,500 people, started chanting, Israel lives, Israel lives, Israel lives. And so the protesters were drowned out until security got to them and 
drag them out because they didn't want to go. I love Drag them out of the hall. So I don't know what they did with them after that. Um, but um, it's a very important event, and I'm looking forward to the rest of it. We're going to have Vice President Pence speaking later. We're going to have uh, John Bolton, National Security Advisor, speaking to us. And we're going to have Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, speaking to us today. So Fantastic. it's going to be quite a day. Yeah, it's, it's great. And everybody here is just wonderful. I met uh, people from Aruba, people from all over the country, people from the West Coast who are despairing of the West Coast. <laughs> but um, it's a very upbeat event. And, um, it's, it sounds uh, like heard. a fantastic event. I just love there, the fact that people who went there to to protest it and who tried to try to to you know to destroy it and destroy the positivity of it were just completely drowned out and driven out of there. That is fantastic. I'm sorry, because yeah, too were. much of that. You know, everybody has free speech, absolutely freedom to demonstrate, freedom to express, and so on and so forth. But you know what? They don't have the right to continually cause chaos when other people are trying to use their right to free speech and to engage in uh, you know yeah. an event like this. So I'm so glad to know that they were dragged I, I, out. I want to thank you for doing the Frederick Douglass bit. I'd read it a couple of days ago, and and Ted Cruz is fantastic, as was Frederick Douglass. Very proud of both of them. Amen. Amen. I was so glad to hear somebody else bringing up the rest of the context of what Frederick Douglass said. Sure. I mean, he, he's one of the Frederick Douglass will go down in in history. He already has, and in the history of history to come, is one of the greatest Americans we have ever had. Uh, and and his work in abolishing slavery, and yet his untiring or his tireless commitment to the United States and the nation uh, that we were building uh, it was was just as important. And he was such an important right. part of all of that. And uh, and for Colin Kaepernick to take his words out of context. And make it look like he was something he was not is just, uh, you know, it's irresponsible to say the least. Well, he's creating re- uh, revisionist history. It's very offensive to anyone who cares about American history or any history to see people do that, to misuse the facts, to leave stuff out. Believe me, I'm offended as an attorney, a former intelligence officer. You've got to have it right. Exactly right. Or you don't deserve to be heard. Michael, I'm so glad you checked in. Please give my love to Bev. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful time in D.C. Okay, thanks a lot, Bob. Enjoy thank you, Michael. Michael Goldstein. You, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. That's Michael Goldstein again. He's uh, his, he's the husband of Beverly Goldstein, former congressional candidate, obviously, and uh, uh, co-founder of the uh, Cleveland chapter of Act for America. Bev is wonderful, and Mike is, of course, as I said, the Ohio director of the uh, Proclaiming Justice to the Nations organization, which is working to... Um, support Israel and the United States together with people of all faiths, not just Jews or not just Christians, but people of all faiths. All right, going to get a quick time out here because on the other side, I've got a lot of news to cover with our friend Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, who I am told is busy working on his questions that he wants to ask Bob Mueller when he finally gets a crack at him in his House Judiciary testimony to be given next Wednesday. And uh, Congressman Jordan is already champing at the bit to talk to Bob Mueller. So we'll talk to him about that and more coming up right here on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. Nine forty nine. now the Bob France Authority continues. AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, Pastor Chris Long will be joining me at the top of the next hour to uh, discuss a, a pretty important event, or not a really an event, it's a, uh, 
Uh, it's a proposal in the city of Medina that we absolutely have to respond to. But for now, I want to talk about what we have to respond to on Capitol Hill. Let's go to Washington, D.C. now, and our good friend Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative and ranking member on the House Judiciary Committee, who I am told is hard at work preparing his questions for Bob Mueller <laughs> in advance of Mueller's uh, testimony next uh, testifying next week. Uh, good morning, Congressman. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. Hope you, uh, hope you and your family had a good Fourth of July weekend and all. So. We yeah, did. Good Thank to be with you. you. Thank you so much. We did. Congressman, real quick, I mean, I know you've got some time here, and I'm going to talk to you again more about this yeah. next Monday, because I guess it's next Wednesday, right, is the scheduled testimony yep. for Bob Monday. Mueller before your committee? Right. How, do right. you, how do you prep for something where you have probably about two and a half years worth of questions, uh, which is about yeah. the length of time that this thing ran on, and you have to get them all in, allowing for his answers all in five minutes? That's got to be impossibly yeah. difficult. Well, I can look at things. Uh, you're right. You got to try to figure out what's the best use of five minutes of time for the American people, uh, and and to try to you know elicit information that that that's helpful. Um, so I'm talking with staff, talking with colleagues, looking back at some old um, clips of questioning of other people. I mean, you look, you go back and look at, for example, when uh, Matt Gates uh, questioned Peter Strzok in the hearing we had a year ago. Uh, we look at some of the depositions, some of the things John Ratcliffe and, and some of the rest of us have done in some of these depositions with certain key people. So. Uh, we're looking at all that. We'll, we'll try to figure out what the time and hopefully I'll do something that's halfway productive. That's, uh, that's what we're trying to do. We're spending a lot of time on it. We really are. He doesn't want to be there. Um, he, he made that pretty clear by doing his little uh, yeah. nine-minute, uh, you know, essentially his little speech about his report, which should speak for itself. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out why. Is he more afraid of questions from you and those who have uh, condemned his, you know, the entire investigation's existence and, uh, and, and the way yeah. some of it was reported? Or is he more afraid of the Democrats because he didn't give them the pound of flesh they were hoping uh, that they could use in that report for no, impeachment? Yeah. No, that's a good question. You're, you're right. You know, I always thought it was interesting. He he called a press conference to tell us the re- report speaks for itself. Well, the report speaks for itself. Why'd you call a press conference? Right. Uh, and of course, but he was only there for you know, like nine and a half minutes and, and uh, didn't say a whole lot. So it, it'll be it, it'll be interesting. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe he just doesn't want to be there. Period. And face questions in general. I I don't know. Uh, what I do know is, the, and we've talked about this many times, the investigation at the attorney general has talked about is so important in my judgment because the attorney general is starting from the same premise you and I start from because, and I think from that premise because of all the evidence we've seen, which is it sure looks like spying took place. It looks like it wasn't properly predicated. And uh, when he uses terms like when the attorney general of the United States uses terms like unauthorized surveillance and political surveillance, that should cause concern for everybody. And never forget what Emmett Flood, White House lawyer, wrote to the attorney general Talking about this whole situation, he says, remember, if they can do it to a president of the United States, imagine what they can do to you and I. And that's the scariest part of all, is we had an FBI and the intelligence agency look, looking, looking like they were using a one party's opposition research document and wasn't based on truth, was completely false, had not been verified, and using that as a basis to go spy on a fellow American citizen. And again, that's just not supposed to happen in our, in our great nation. So you're you're going to discuss obviously some really important things about the content of the report and the uh, the predication for the the council even being appointed. 
What about the actual written report? What about the summary at the end? Because again, what the Democrats have have, have clung to here uh, is that okay, we can't. You know, he says essentially we cannot prove any collusion. But then in the end, he of course reverses the presumption of innocence and says, "But I didn't yeah. find enough evidence to prove that he didn't do anything wrong and obstructing of justice." Which of course is not a job of a prosecutor. His job isn't to find right. evidence that somebody didn't do something. His job is to find evidence that they did do something wrong. And if he can't find that, he should say that and leave it at that. It, it, exactly right, and frankly, the statute that has the, the statute for the special counsel says in 28 U.S.C. 600-AT, and I'm, I'm getting the numbers wrong, but it, it, it's the, in that area. It says you have to come back and either say you're going to prosecute or you're declining to prosecute. You have to pick one. You can't come back and say, "Well, we couldn't figure it out either way," which is in essence what he did. So I don't even think he frankly complied with the statute. And there's lots of sharper legal minds than mine out there, or actual real lawyers out there, who would say the same thing. So I think that's a problem. Well, Someone, I think, will, in fact, question him on that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I hope I hope they do, because you're right. I'm not a lawyer either, but, I mean, I, I can figure things out. And you're only supposed to recommend indictment when you believe you can get a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. So what he is saying yeah. is, since I can't decide either way, I have already thus created reasonable doubt. Therefore, he's, he's innocent. He, you know, he, he, he cannot yeah. be tried, he cannot and, be prosecuted, and he cannot be indicted. I have nothing that I think can get a conviction beyond a reasonable doubt. But, but remember this, too. If they could have found obstruction, they would have, right? I mean, he had 19 lawyers, most of them Democrats, a whole bunch of them given to Hillary Clinton. They all want, they were all out to get President Trump. If they could have legitimately found obstruction, there is no doubt in my mind, frankly, no doubt in anyone who I think is subjective, uh, in anyone's mind, that they would have done it. They couldn't. And because they couldn't, they had to come up with this, well, we're not going to decide one way or the other, baloney. That is, in my mind, what happened because I mean, you got you got Andrew Weissman, you got Jeannie Ray, you got all these key people who I mean, Weissman Weissman was at the Clinton celebration that turned into not a celebration when she lost an election night. These people were out to get the president. They were they were they were on a mission, and if they could have found obstruction, they would have certainly done it. But they couldn't, and so they went this route that that Bob Mueller, you know, said I can't really decide. 100% right, Congressman. Jim Jordan is our guest. Congressman, let's talk about the census. We all saw what happened. Uh, the Supreme Court essentially said it is absolutely constitutional for us to ask uh, people uh, if they're citizens or not, but we didn't like the way they asked it, or we didn't like their reasoning, or we think maybe there was a... De- Who cares what the reasoning is when it's constitutional, it ought to be allowed. But having said that, the Supreme Court kicked it to a lower lower court for reconsideration. Yeah. The President has said two things since then. One is, okay, we'll drop it, and then, uh, no, actually, I'm considering executive order to force it onto the census i don't know where he is he's kind of all over the place on this where are you well no deep down he wants this to happen we all want well, i know he happen. does but i mean as far as giving up on it or not he seems to be all over the place i don't we need to fight this out but my position has been we need to fight this out and you're exactly right instead of saying there had to be some predicate for why we asked the question just don't even go there just say we're going to ask the question because it's common sense and frankly i i said this in committee several times if you go walk any street in this country, walk up to some person on the street and say, hey, do you think in the census we should be asking whether people are citizens? You guarantee that person to say, well, yeah, of course. But by the way, aren't you doing that already? And the answer would be yes. We've been doing it for 200 years. So th- this idea that the Democrats make such a big deal out of this shows you the political motivation behind their position. Because it's just, frankly, common sense. Find out how many citizens are in this country when you're doing the census every 10 years. But that is just basic stuff. So that's that's how we should have done it. Unfortunately, the Commerce Department said, well, we're basing the reason we want to do this, uh, ask this question is because of the Voting Rights Act and the Justice Department, we've communicated with them. 
fine if that's part of it, but you don't need a justification. Just ask it because it's common sense that you should ask it. Congressman, last thing, I want to talk about the border. Uh, according to Ken Cuccinelli yesterday on CBS on Face the Nation, the uh, mass deportation of up to a million illegals with f- uh, final deportation orders is going to begin because uh, the president gave them two weeks, gave the Democrats two weeks to do something with respect to rewriting the asylum laws, and uh, they have not. So this is supposed to begin. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on that and then also this brawl uh, in the Democrat Party uh, between Nancy Pelosi yeah. and then yeah. the, uh, the freshman wing of uh, of lunatics, uh, AO, uh, AOC, uh, Sharia Tlaib, and uh, Jihad Omar uh, on the um, uh, on the the uh, funding bill. You know they're complaining about the conditions yeah. are so deplorable for the kids and the women and so on and so forth in these detention facilities. Then when asked to vote to fund it so we can get them better facilities, they said no. Nancy Pelosi yep. has called them out for it, and there seems to be a brawl over there. Given the infighting on the Democrat side, can we expect anything no. at all to actually get done legislatively for this? No, you can't. You can't from 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 this group. You're exactly right. That that this is humanitarian crisis on the border. Um, it's a crisis period, but it's certainly a humanitarian crisis. So this bill was for this was money to just help with the you know strollers and diapers and and toothbrushes and basic things that you want kids and families to have. And and frankly, it didn't address the underlying problem. It was a tough vote for us conservatives, not because we didn't want to help people. But right. because we, we felt this bill didn't address the underlying uh, problem with fixing our asylum laws and building the wall and doing the things we need to do. But we said, for goodness sake, it's a crisis. Let's get them the supplies that they need as, as just families and, and kids need. And yet the Democrats wouldn't even vote for it. This just shows you how radical they are and how they want to use this for politics, making up things, saying things that just aren't accurate. Um, and you're right. I think there was like 50 of them who voted against it. 50 is a hard, hard left in, um, in their conference. And meanwhile, then, Congressman, you've got presidential candidates in the cesspool on the Democrat side, uh, like Cory Booker, literally going down into Mexico and, and escorting asylum seekers across the border. Uh, word is that also um, uh, another Democratic congresswoman sent yeah, staff Escobar, to Mexico Escobar, to help yeah. them sneak, yeah, yeah to, to sneak Escobar, into the U.S. and yeah, also yeah. to advise them on what to say when they get here so that they can stay. I mean, th- that's well, why we're not getting an asylum laws rewritten. They love them the way they are and want to continue to bring people in. Well, and if and if if Escobar's staff, if Congresswoman Escobar's staff is, and I don't know if this to be the case, but the article seemed to indicate that it might be, if if their staff is encouraging people to state things that aren't accurate, say things that aren't accurate, and, and portray things in, a, in an un, untruthful way, that's a big problem. And uh, it sounds like the story I read that that may in fact have been happening. So this is just again how when you have a party where the Speaker of the House says walls are immoral. When the candidate for president two, two and a half years ago said she wants a borderless hemisphere, when Blumenauer says that, oh, we should abolish ICE, and when Stacey Abrams, who gave the response to the State of the Union, says that she's okay with non-citizens voting, when that's your party, it shouldn't surprise us that you got folks coming, Democrats, Congresswomen, staff members going across the border and encouraging people not to be, not to be square with, uh, with Custom and Border Patrol officials when they're trying to come to the, it's, it's, it's it just, out wrong. Yeah, and it should say something to them, by the way, that President Obama, who they still consider, you know, they revere, his his uh, Homeland Security Secretary, Jay Johnson, is on the record, along with President Trump's Homeland Security Secretary, saying this is ridiculous. We absolutely cannot decriminalize the border. We absolutely cannot just let people go free into the United States. We do have to detain them while their cases are adjudicated. When you have Jay Johnson yep. saying that from the Obama administration, yep. and Mark Morgan, also former Obama administration, yep. uh, these people are, are, are you know, they're not Mark partisan. They're, 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 they're being common yeah. sense 
principle here, and they need to be res- they need to be respected. The, so. the other thing, the other thing, Bob, I could real quick is this this these one million people. Remember, this is not rounding up people and doing what the left always. This is people who've been through the process, had their day in court, went through the adjudication, and under the rule of law, have it's been determined that you are not eligible to be in this country. That that, that is far different than some of the things the left always talks about. So. That's the people that Mr. Cuccinelli is referring to in this million-person population that um, that ICE is going to look to send back to their native uh, native country. Well said, Congressman. Congressman, you got a lot of work to do. I know. Again, I hope you're going to have your whole question uh, list written for uh, for Bob Mueller when we talk <laughs> next week because I'm going to ask for a sneak preview whether you give me one or not. Congressman, thanks for the time. You bet. Take care. You got it. That's Congressman Jim Jordan joining us. It's 10.01. Let's get news now. Uh, Chris Long, Pastor Chris Long from the Ohio.